Yo, yo, what's going on, big dogs? Welcome in to another episode of Adams Plus One. Episode 26 features Jason Plyler. Jason is a St. Louis native. He graduated from St. Louis University, and upon graduation, he took a job at Enterprise, where he quickly worked his way up to area manager. During this episode, we discuss his experience while on 75 Hard, and of course, I had to ask him who his favorite athletes were all time. Stick around for the end for that. If you enjoy this episode, please give it a share. As always, let's dive in. All right, Jason Plyler, what's up, brother? How you doing? My man, how are we? Thanks for having me. Oh, man, you kidding me? Couldn't couldn't think of a better plus one than the guy that I studied my butt off with in college, lifted with, and uh, has always been pushing me to be a better man. So welcome in, dude. And uh, I guess the first question is, how's your day going? What's going on, man? Yeah, so real quick, uh, for those of you who don't know, Adam and I met at SLU. Um, and to, to start it off, I just want to thank him for having me on. He's been a mentor, um, a huge piece of my life and, and helped me with both college and, and being a better person. Um, and I just have to start off with the story. And I think he knows the story, but I think I do. Uh, we went through finance together, uh, some difficult classes. Uh, him and I are used to performing at a high level and I'll never forget the bonds class where him and I went into the test. We felt Okay. We're sitting in the front desk next to each other and the test scores come back and both of us get an F. And I remember I got mine. I kind of curled it and hit it from you and you got yours. You kind of curled it and hit it from me. and We just started cracking up. But uh, yeah, we ended up passing and obviously doing well in that class. But uh, that's just a funny moment. I think kind of sums us up, you know, no matter what it uh, went through or what happened. Yeah, we bounced back. We sure did. I remember. So I remember how embarrassed I was and, and no joke, I'm sure for you, cause you were, you had been at SLU, that was your third year. That was my first or second year there. First semester, yeah. second semester. I thought uh-huh. I was going to flunk out of college, man. Like, like I thought, Oh, just not smart enough to pass these big time classes. Right. I know. Cause we had gen eds and, and just basic classes. And that was one of the first big boy classes we had. Big boy. And you know, it, I mean, what six seven hours a day before test day um we put in the time and and we got through it but um yeah those were those were no joke that really changed the way that i studied after that and i think you too we studied we prepared way differently for that next next bond exam and then crush it by the way you're gonna laugh remember how that professor was like mr get off my lawn oh yeah i love that guy was it becker i think becker oh he was the most entertaining white like stereotypical white dead new balance baggy just straight 90s jeans he probably had for 20 years but that dude cared about finance didn't care about looks or anything else that dude knew numbers yeah he did he the reason i bring it up is because you can appreciate this i always tell katie's dad that he is the ultimate get off my lawn dad (laughs) it's a joke right but he really is so this is hopefully he doesn't listen to this before christmas i doubt he will he listens to the football ones but uh I got him a pair of New Balance, like to get off my lawn. New Balances, oh, and I'm gonna have a card that's gonna say you're official now, right? Like you're in the in the group. But uh, love funny. would love love the story to open it up, man. How about uh, a big reason I wanted to bring you on, outside of all these other things that we can talk about, is I know that you did 75 hard this past year, and I really wanted to give you the opportunity to just. I'm not gonna push you in any direction. I'm just gonna open it up. Why don't you talk about 75 hard, your experience, and then I'll, I might jump in there here and there. But why don't you just start it off? 
75 hard for Jason Plyler. How'd it go? Uh, it went really well. Um, you know, you and I are always into fitness, um, always looking for that challenge. Um, for me specifically, I don't think it was necessarily a goal of, I need to lose X weight. I need to be here performance wise. It's just the pure discipline, right? Um, that David Goggins, that hardcore mindset of, I'm going to put my mind to something I'm going to follow through and I'm going to do it. Um, so I think that's the reason I did it. And, and I got a lot out of it. Um, not necessarily like, oh man, I, I look great or I felt great. Just like the, I didn't want to do something and I did it every day. Yeah. There wasn't a day I woke up and I thought, man, I can't wait to <laughs> not have any good food and work out twice, you know, but you do it. So um, funny part about that was when I, you know, as, as close as we are, and it's so funny that I haven't t- talked face to face to you in, in a long time, but it feels like nothing's, nothing's gone. You know, it's, we, we haven't talked in probably eight months and, and it's like, I, we picked up right where we left off. And uh, one of those times where I just reached out to you out of the blue and I was like, Hey man, I'm a couple weeks into 75 hard. Just wanted to ask you a couple things. You go, dude, I'm going to start in two weeks. <laughs> uh, just so funny that, you know, we hadn't communicated. We were on the same wavelength somehow, but um, yeah, I, I think the going into the, the most difficult part for me um definitely trying to do it with work and staying as focused on work. Um, it's, it's really easy to, to get absorbed into that. And, um, you know, and in, in college, you have more free time to, to nap and whatnot, but there were times where I'd be hanging out with my friends on a Saturday or a Friday and no joke, I would be, fall asleep on the couch. Right. We'd be hanging out, we'd be chatting. Um, and I just literally just be asleep because it was just so draining. But um, other than that, dieting has never really been too big of a challenge. Um, the working out, I, I'm used to doing that. Um, so I, I'd like to hear what you think. But for me, it was just the, the redundancy and trying to fit it in with life just because it, it was a lot. Piggybacking off of your falling asleep with your friends, what I noticed, you know what I noticed that impacted, yes, work and other things like work professionally and your schedule would the weekend would come by and people would want to do stuff, go out and do things. And it didn't matter about the fact that they were eating food or drinking. I don't drink much anyway, so that's not an issue. But Jason, they would ask to do something. And I would think, damn, I still got to get my second workout in and I got to drink this water and I'm super tired. It it made me not want to, and it, you know, it's, it's my decision. I was less likely to go out and do things with other people because it just seemed like extra homework to go out and hang out knowing in the back of your mind, man, I still got to do another 45 minute walk. Right. Or man, man, I still had like, I was cutting, so I'm, I still have to track my food or there was never a break, but I like that because it puts good pressure on you Yeah, for a short amount of time, 75 days when it's over, you feel great. And then you kind of go back to your normal life. That's kind of what I thought. For sure. And, And I can relate to that in my work life. Um, you know, I, I've been very lucky with enterprise and, and had a lot of opportunity and, and I've capitalized on every opportunity that was given to me. But in order to do that, a lot of hours, a lot of hours. And over the pandemic, a lot of people were getting extra time and staying at home. And I was out working and a similar thing where I was so drained from the week that Friday and Saturday was recovery day. Yeah. And, it, and it was tough because it wasn't a I don't want to hang out with you. It was, uh, I will literally fall asleep wherever we're at. doesn't matter if we're in a car, a bar or the couch. I am so drained. I'm, I won't be there. Right. So that was a little bit tough for the first few years of the career. 
Um, but depending on what your goals are and what you want to do, that's some sacrifices you have to make. Definitely. Yeah. Right. Uh, what did you notice? Did you notice you were during 75 hard? Did you notice you were listening to any specific music or maybe, you know, watching certain, you know, both of us love our Kobe Bryant or our David Goggins stuff. Were you doing something like that? And then also touch on some books that you read during 75 hard. I would love to hear and let you share about the books that you read. Absolutely. So um, in terms of content, um, when I would do my walks or, or my outdoor cardio, um, a lot of music, uh, I like upbeat, obviously, you know, when you're working out, whether that's EDM, uh, rock, anything gets you juiced up. Um, but I kept going back to, to Kobe Bryant and David Goggins. I think you knew that answer was coming. <laughs> um, anything those guys say, I mean, it's just ultimate knowledge. Uh, I just relate to them on a, a really high level. Um, in terms of Kobe not being the fastest in the league, the best shooter, the tallest, the biggest, just the hardest working Goggins, not the most gifted, the smartest, just the hardest working. That's kind of always how I viewed myself. Um, I mean, everyone else threw him smarter than me, but I, I think I can put in the time and, and outwork everybody else. Yeah. So um, I think you've proven that. Them. I think you've proven that at Enterprise, by the way, to be honest with you. Well, thank you. Yeah, we, we can talk that um, talk about that here in a little bit. But um, yeah, it's, you know, hearing from them and, and just anything those guys say, get me fired up. Yeah. I mean, simple as that. Yeah. I remember speaking of like our first interactions and the story from that class, I remember we were studying for one of the first times and you know, this story, I got up to go to the bathroom at the library at SLU and I'll never forget. Cause I remember I didn't know my way around that well. So it took me longer to go to the bathroom and come back. Cause I'd kind of lose wherever we were sitting. But I remember yeah. coming back and that first question I asked you midway through a study session, Hey man, uh, Who's your like? What did I ask you? Who's your role models or who who who's your idols or, or heroes or something like that? And I think yeah. the first thing you said, you your eye, you know, your eyes, you just kind of lit up and said Kobe Bryant. And after that, that was the moment when I knew this dude's a dog. This is my type of guy right here. Do you remember that? A hundred percent. I remember a second floor, back left corner of the library, the farthest table. I don't remember <laughs> right where we were. And uh, like you said, you know, we we definitely were friends and and we got along but there's a difference between getting along with somebody and relating with somebody. Right. I can get along with anybody, but I don't relate to them. Right. If depending on their beliefs and whatnot, but that was the first time it clicked. I'm like, Oh man, this guy gets it. Yeah. This guy knows. And then from then on, our conversations were different. How we interacted, we were different. The way we challenged each other was different. Um, that was a, a turning point in our, in our relationship for sure. There were a lot of times in college that he doesn't know, but I think I've hinted now that we're, we can look back, but I would go to the gym and get a good workout in because we didn't work out together every day, but there were times where we worked out regularly, regularly together, but I'd be at the gym. I'd look over it and you'd see this guy, six foot two, good looking dude. All of a sudden you're like, yo, is that dude really lunging a plate on each side of the gym? <laughs> you just doing the <laughs> longest lunges, right? Just some hardcore stuff. And, uh, you know, I want to give you a shout out for people that don't know you, how intense you are and you, you don't mess around and can also, he can play some basketball too. He's blocked me a few times in my jump shot, but uh we don't got to go into that we don't have to go into that so hey why don't we transition away from 75 hard and why don't you talk about like talk about some some like your success in your career because and i know i don't want to put you on the spot braggadociously but talk about the climb of from the bottom level at enterprise i know you you don't mind us saying enterprise because you already said it but to where you're at now you you did it in in my opinion in in quick quickly you've quickly moved up and 
What were the sure. keys to that? And it's not easy, right? But they do offer an opportunity there if, if you're willing to put the time in. Why don't you talk about that that climb? 100%. So to, to begin, um, yes, I, I, I have been successful, but I would be nowhere without my mentors and my guiders like you, my dad and my uncle. So first and foremost, I, I don't know where I'd be, but I wouldn't be here without them. So uh, whenever I describe myself, I'm uh, a wind-up car. You twist the knob, you get the springs loaded, and I, I just go for it. I don't know where it's going to be, but I'm going to go there. So luckily, I had my uncle, my dad, you, and, and some other people guide my car, and, and I went the right path. But, you know, with this uh, energy and, and uh, work, I think it could have been really good or really bad. And luckily, it was good. But with Enterprise, um, I had a, a really big mentor that worked there and, and helped me start my career and, and really told me the opportunity there. And the thing about it is the uh, CEO or the uh, founder of Enterprise uh, was a military guy, and he served on the USS Enterprise, where the name comes from. Uh, He was on the ship. And when he came back to the United States, he started this business, and it's a very similar structure to the military. You start off as a grunt, you do grunt work, and it's solely performance-based for your ability to move up. It's not about who you know. It's not about... um, anything other than your performance. So um, that was intriguing to me because like I said, from, you know, beginning of the podcast, David Goggins, Kobe Bryant, people that are pure work ethic. I was like, Oh, that's exactly what I need. I don't have to be the smartest, whatever. Like I can outwork anybody. So the first position I had was uh, management training and uh, basically cleaning cars, picking up customers, renting cars, um, working the front retail um and long hours because you have to be there before it opens to clean you have to be there after to to close up and and, you know get everything done so um i moved through the ranks pretty quickly and my family friend peter he said his rule was anyone in his class is not going to get promoted before him um and i always kept that mentality too so um i did get promoted and and i was the first to this level in my class um but the progression was basically you learn the ins and outs of the business of the retail side. You then learn how to manage that. And now I'm at the position where I'm managing a group of managers in Southern Illinois and Southern Missouri who are running the stores and the individual branches in that sector. So um, I, I've had tremendous opportunity and a, a lot of help that I, I can't fit into this podcast along the way, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a crazy journey. And, and I'm finally at a point where, I don't have to open the stores. I don't have to close them. I can go to the stores that I want to check in on who I want to. Um, and it's a lot different position than just being there, but you have to earn that right. You have to, right. Why don't you, I'm going to, well, I don't want to push you any other way. What's the toughest challenge or roadblock right now in this, at this position, at this level, like what, what challenges do you face? hundred percent. So what made me successful was I always had a foot in the business and if something was wrong, I could just fix it, right? I was there. So Jason's hands were over everything that correlated to the success of the business. So if something wasn't working, I just do it. Now I have to manage people from afar and teach them how to do that. So that mentality of just, I'll, I'll gut through it. It doesn't work anymore. I have to manage through people. So it's a whole new skill set that I'm, I'm getting better with. And I, I finally feel comfortable after a few months, but um, it's a different challenge and a different beast, but, uh, for me personally, as a manager, um, I have the, the dedication, I have the understanding, 
Um, I'm good with people. My biggest challenge right now is being too nice and being too understanding. Um, and with that, avoiding conversations that could help people, whether it's you're not doing this right or that right. Um, but it's something that really worked out the past couple of months and uh, it's really flipped around. So you've had a few, you've, you've had a few uh, uncomfortable conversations with people where like, where it's like, and I could say it like, or I could just let it go. But if I let it go, they're going to be like, oh, he's a nice guy that doesn't say anything. Right. Exactly. And the other thing is um, I could let it go and they could be mediocre or I could say something and they could hate me for a day. And then after a couple of days, if they're the right person and they have the right mindset, they're going to go, wow, that's what I need to do here. Let's, let's get to the next level. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, David Goggins talks about that too. You know, if you have someone in your, in your family that's overweight, if you never say anything, it's going to continue. But if right. you say something, yeah, they're going to be upset. Maybe they take it the wrong way, but if they better themselves, you have to, you have to be willing to do that. Yeah. There's a part of his book, but that we read can't hurt me when he talked about yeah. how, yeah, people call them fat and he was like, it's only, it only hurts you if it's true. Right. He's like, yeah, it sucks that someone calls you fat. I get that. But well, the truth is you are. So are you going to cry about it? Or are you going to do something about it? <laughs> like, and it's exactly. And if you're the manager and if, if the person, the, whether that's a manager underneath you, or even just a retail person, when you're walking through the store, they have to respect the fact that you got to where you're at for a reason. So you know what the standard is. So this is a yeah. standard. If they're going to meet it, cool. But if they're not, they're going to be told about it until they do. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the, the verbiage that I used the other day with that tough conversation was, I know this may not be what you want to hear, but I hope you know I'm doing this to help you. I'm not doing this to get on you. I'm not doing this to parade you. I'm not doing this to put you down. I'm doing this because you can be better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So needs to be done. So Barack, Barack Obama, whatever we think of his politics, that doesn't, doesn't matter. No politics here. But I do. He has a great quote. You'd rather be heckled than ignored. And that kind of goes with what you're saying, right? Like, yeah. I care about you. I think you can be better. So I'm going to tell you. Yeah. So what are your, uh, what are the workouts looking like these days, man? We haven't chatted about, we've chat. Actually, I will tell you earlier in the pod, I would say this because there, there was an eight month gap before we talked uh, on 75 hard. And, but I feel like this has more been one of our best years post-college of keeping up with each other. So 100%. go us mm-hmm. number one, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, but how are your workouts going? What are you doing? What's a typical workout? week look like for Jason Plyler right now? Are you training for anything? I know you like to run. So kind of dive into uh, that. hundred percent. So, um, college, you and I lifted all of us weightlifting, no cardio, cardios <laughs> for girls, right? Uh, weights are for men, but, uh, no, it, it wasn't until the pandemic where the gyms closed down Yeah, and there was nothing to do. And so I, I mean, I say that you could do at home stuff, but I didn't have an at home gym. So that's when I got into running. Um, and coincidentally, I just listened to can't hurt me from Dave Goggins. So I thought I was invincible. Um, but I started running, I I did a couple marathons, um, a couple half marathons. I signed up for a half Ironman, but it got canceled. So on the day that it was supposed to happen, all I could do, I biked 50 and then ran a half, um, which is a hilarious story in itself. Cause I did it in the middle of St. Louis on like a Saturday by myself, like normal (laughs) clothes. So I'm like four hours into this thing running through St. Louis and people are walking, enjoying their day. And I'm like a zombie, like, <laughs> like covered in sweat, like hair's crazy. And they're like, what is this guy doing? Right. But um, yeah, that was a, that was a good challenge. Um, I almost quit a couple times. I literally was getting ready to call my dad and 
just kept going one block at a time. So that what was, was that, what was that? First. What was the conversation in your head when you wanted to quit? What was that conversation like? How much pain were you in? Um, so the biggest thing and you're, you're going to laugh, uh, I had never biked 50 and I had never done a half and I decided to do them both for the first time back. <laughs> Same day. Hey, do it. Yeah. knock it out all at once. <laughs> yeah, screw it. So I did. Um, you don't realize how jello your legs are. I mean, you're sitting on a bike for four hours. So one, it's the muscle fatigue of moving, but I mean, your ass turns to grass were sitting on a hard seat for that long. So trying to move to run, it was a controlled fall basically. And I remember I was running on Van Deventer near the quick trip. And you might remember that from SLU. If you went up towards 40 and that, that quick trip. Yeah. So I was running past it. And I, I remember I was going to stop at the light and call my dad. And so I looked at the light and I said, I'm going to stop there and call my dad. And I ran up to it and I don't know what it was, but like, like a Goggins voice in my head, like you got to keep going. And instead of stopping, I just slapped it and then continued on for another, I think it was like four or five at that point. But um, yeah, so that was, uh, that was one of the first times I really pushed myself past just the typical gym workout. Um, and, and they're, they're really fun to do. So was that, was that emotional at all that you pushed yourself through? And there's a reason why I'm asking, but what did you, did you feel any, like a lot of emotion in that moment? Cause I know I went through something similar. I'll talk about it after, but I'm curious in that moment. No, cause no. I was in so much pain. I was in survival mode and it was like, Oh, <laughs> you did another, like I, there's no more pit stops. I got to do this whole damn thing. Yeah. Um, afterwards. Yes. Afterwards. Yeah. I don't think it hit me. I got home. My buddies were there. And and that's the thing. Normally people do a half marathon for the tape at the end and the celebration. When I finished that, one of the hardest things ever, I came home and my buddies were watching football and I like carried myself up the stairs and sat in the shower for 45 minutes. That was my celebration. So um, it was there that I started to process. I was like, holy shit, you had never done either of those. And just from sheer will, you just did both of them, like back to back. So yeah, that was a, that was a good moment, but awesome. tell me about yours. So I didn't do a marathon, uh, of running or anything, but I, I was rucking tons in Arkansas every weekend. I would go on Sunday. I was getting to the point, Jason, where I was probably eight to 10 rucks in where a heavy ruck where I put like 60 pounds in my bag was like a six yeah. to eight miles. Right. And then uh-huh. I wanted to go a little lighter, like 45, I would go like 10 or more miles, 10 to 12, 12 was my max. Right. I think I did it once or twice in that 10 hit, uh, hit sprint period, whatever it was doing sure. a lot of faster ones at like six to eight, doing more running sprint intervals. Well, one day I was like, man, I wonder if I can do 16, eight out, eight back just by myself. It's not like, again, like you, there's no, there's no tape at the end. No one's out there waiting for you. But yeah, the funny thing is I didn't really think about it. You should probably have like wherever your car is, you should probably like go in like a circle so you're never that far away <laughs> from your car. Maybe that was SOL. a good thing. Right. Yeah. Maybe that was a good thing because what I did was I went eight away from the car and then turn around. Here's the thing though. I get I get to the eight mile mark. I take a quick break and I bring food and electrolytes and snacks and whatnot in Gatorade. But dude, when I took that weight off my back, like to put it back on, all I could think of was holy shit, I gotta go back. I don't know if I can do it. So I got to like four miles on the way back and I had four left. I was in such pain in my like in your it's 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 like what you just said. You don't have the tolerance built up when you're biking for your ass, but like it's your feet and your calves, like oh, yeah. little bits in here and there that you're you just really 
takes a toll. Anyways, dude, when I knew I was going to make it with like less than two miles, I was literally, I was teared up, dude, because I was so proud of myself because I knew that I'd never pushed myself like this, like no joke. And I wasn't like beating my chest or anything, but I was just really proud that I could have, I guess I could have called someone. I don't really know anyone in Arkansas other than the people I worked with, which that'd be a funny call you get on the weekend. It's a random dude I work with. (laughs) needs me to pick him up. He's got a 60 pound bag on his back. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I was curious if that, if that got emotional at all, but so yeah. these days, what are you doing in the gym? I think you touched on a little bit, but I know we, we kind of went on a side story. Are you, are you lifting right now? What are you doing? Yeah. Shocker. You and I are good at talking and I, and I diverge <laughs> a little bit. Uh, anyway, I, uh, nowadays I'm, I've been trying to gain weight. So my biggest thing was with the, um, the running that I did, what I was getting at with the running I did, um, the work, and the lack of eating, I got down to about 153 pounds at one point, and I'm 6'3". Yeah. So, by I the way, you look great. You looked great after 75 hard. I saw that picture that you posted. You looked awesome. Thanks, brother. Yeah. So that weight for that picture was about 170. So from that to when I was running, you know, solid 17 pounds, and now I'm I'm hovering around 177, 178 which seven pounds isn't a lot, but for me, that's a lot of weight. Um, my metabolism, just the, the frame I have, I, I battle to gain a pound. So, um, nowadays, um, I, I just lift, uh, I'm probably lifting six times a week. Um, my off day isn't planned. It's more of a, I'll do a, a stint of five or something days in a row. And just depending on my work schedule or whatnot, I'll just have a day where work goes late, everything goes crazy. And I go, you know what? I'll just, I'll relax tonight and I'll yeah. sleep in. We'll get back tomorrow. So For sure. that's, um, that's maturing. That's maturing in your, in your fitness and your development stage. You don't have a planned off day. It's you're going to train a lot anyways. So train the days yeah. you feel great. It's not that you, Oh, I don't feel good today. So I'm not going to train. It's you no, train no, much. No. your body tells you, Hey, I, uh, we've been training pretty hard for the last five or six days. This is yeah. the day I want to take off. And you do that. You have to listen to your body. A hundred percent. And if I just train on the days I felt like training, it'd be once a week. So right, right. You, know, you got to push. Right. Yeah, you got to push. But there's a point where, whether it's work or life or whatever, if you need to take an off day, it, that's okay. And, and now you know David what? Goggins will probably slap me, but you know. It's, <laughs> I it's do okay. think about that too when I when I say I that, that. I just feel like David Goggins is like what? But yeah. but I yeah. I think the inverse is also true though. Let's say I'm training. I think I'm curious what you think about this. So don't let my answer, you know, slide you one way or the other. If I train five days in a row and they're all very intense, right? Yeah. The sixth day, maybe the day before I thought I'm going to take it off, but I wake up that sixth day and my body feels really good. I'm like, damn, I want to lift today. I do. I go and lift. I don't, I planned it yesterday. I'm going to take tomorrow off. If I feel like doing it, I'm doing it. Hell yeah. I mean, it can be something simple for me too. I can have a drudging day where I don't feel like it. And just like one video or one thing gets me amped up. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go to the gym right now. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, Hey, it, Hey, it there's that winding there. car. There's that winding car. Uh, I'm, dude, I'm something, something spending around. I'm, I'm getting ready to go. But, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, um, I think, uh, you know, working out in that five day stint, you can push day six or you can rest and have a killer day six. And I'm not saying that for everybody look for your off day and everything like that, but there's a time for it. And for gaining weight, I've noticed taking off days periodically has helped with my weight gain. I tried to gain weight four years and I, you know, me in college and, and when I was in high school, I was the same way. It was no off days. And I take maybe two to three off days in, in a month or two. 
And the problem with that is you're moving so much with my metabolism, just even any moving and I'm burning calories. So I'm not saying to gain fat, but I think with the muscle recovery and, and just growth taking off days, I mean, you look at lions, what do they do? They rest all day and then they have their explosiveness. Um, I think rest is a big piece that I don't think I had. And I think that's part of the reason I'm the heaviest I've ever been. Good. Good. I'd imagine with the new, with that position that you're in that, you're, it's much easier to eat enough food too, right? With what you're, with your schedule. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, plenty of time to eat and plenty of time to cook. Um, something that I've, I'm, I'm blessed with that. I don't have to worry too much, but I, I do take a lot of people out to lunch for, um, socializing, getting to know them, mentorships, all that probably three a week. Yeah. So the good thing is I kind of, kind of, uh, steer where we go. Uh, no fast food, of course, right. no burger joints. It's usually Asian uh, uh, something basic where I can get chicken and rice or something healthier. Exactly. Um, if you can get the basics, you know, you yeah, can. you know, and, uh, I think they're about sick of it. There's a place called Fujiyama right behind their branch. It's some Asian place. I'm like, Fujiyama. They're like, Dude, please no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do that. And, uh, I finally have the time to, to cook. And eat, so. Very good. Very good. What's, uh, so I guess I got to ask these, these, these fun questions. We got to transition to some fun questions before I let you Hit go. Me. So, Fire. all right, give me your, your top three favorite athletes of all time in order. Athletes, any sports, top yeah. three favorite, your favorite athletes of all time. You know, too, I think the third one might shock you. All right, I'm, I'm go. let's go. Um, I think he could tell me the first two, uh, LeBron, number one. Yep. Um, nostalgic reason, but also just pure athleticism point of view. Um, you can't beat him. Um, there's people that maybe more specialized in their, in their sport or their skill, but in terms of pure athleticism, six, nine, two seventy, two eighty, jumps out the gym. I mean, there, and the IQ of magic Johnson, you, you just, it's like you drew him up in a, I think I got this from you. It's like you pieced him together in a garage. If you were building a basketball <laughs> player and you built like a little Lego and put pieces together, you built LeBron James. Uh, my, my uncle so, once told me this. Yeah. My uncle once told me, he said, I've seen LeBron James play basketball live. I'm telling you, you could not build a better basketball player in your basement if you had all the right resources. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So I um, I, I, just, I'm in love with him. Uh, everyone knows that I'm a uh, big Bron fan. Um, but also the big reason is because I didn't like sports when I was younger, but just because my friend from Ohio moved, his family was obsessed with him. So I, I loved LeBron since I was in fourth grade. Um, so I've always liked him and it's been cool to watch him. And if, at this rate, we'll probably watch him for another 30 years. So God, it's, an, it's, it's uh, insane, dude. He's so damn good. Yeah. Still. Yeah. So damn good. I mean, MVP of the, the in-season tournament yeah. at 38, almost 39 this year. So crazy. Uh, number one, number two, Kobe Bryant, for sure. Pure mindset. Um, just his, uh, ability to work through things and zone out, um, almost like a samurai mindset right? Where you, you zone out and, and there's videos of Chris Rock and all these people trying to talk to him in the game. You're not breaking him because he's not there. He's in the game, right? I, that's the coolest thing ever to me. So that's definitely number two. The, the, uh, the clip that just post that you've seen it before is they show up to the USA Olympics and he's like, I'm playing defense. I'm not shooting the ball. And uh, coach K was the coach for that team. He said, imagine the best player in the world on your team saying, I'm going to play defense and we're going to be the best defensive team. Now I don't want to shoot the ball. He's like, 
It's the best thing I've ever come. He was so excited to hear Kobe yeah. say that. He's like, I want to work on my defense. And that's the type of player that Kobe was. Oh, I'm going to be the Olympics. I'm going to guard the best player on the other team every game. And geez, yep. that, that's the intensity that he brought. So he's number two. Who's number three? You said number three is going to shock me. Vladimir Klitschko. Do you know who that is? No. Tell me about him. Uh, he's a Ukrainian boxer. Him and his brother Vitaly. Um, they escaped the Ukraine um, during the Cold War and, and, and the era of the 90s. Uh, came to America and was one of the, the greatest heavyweight boxers of all time. Okay. Um, look up Vitaly and Vladimir Klitschko. 6'9", 6'10", 260, 270, just beasts. And, I'm thinking uh, of Ivan uh, Draco from Rocky. Yeah, literally that. It's that. I'll send you a picture of him. It's terrifying. Um, but I, I just always liked him growing up. And uh, there's some controversy behind him because Mike Tyson's style of boxing is going in. And he literally thought he was a warrior and he was going to kill people. Uh, Vladimir's a tactician, right? Yeah. But he still was one of the best. He won and he would do it strategically and throughout the whole game rather than just going in to kill people. So people are like, oh, it's boring, but it was smart. Okay. I sure was. Yeah. All right. One more fun question from uh, from the top of my head here. I've got a few that I'm curious about, but what is okay. your favorite song to work out to all time? Like all time you're in the gym. We turn, we turn it so that you don't have to have headphones on. It's just playing in the gym. What is the and you're getting a great lower body day? And I'm just drawing the picture for you. What yeah. is jamming? Like I, I, I feel like you're old school rock, maybe some classic rock, but maybe I'm wrong. Where, where, what way do you swing there, man? The best song of all time to work out to, "Midnight City" by M82. Do you know that? I, I might. You should send it to me because now I'm going to listen to it tomorrow. It's, it's the perfect amount of. It gets you hyped up, but it's just such a repetitive beat that it's almost calming, Got right? It. To where you, you can just kind of zone out and then, but it's still like high intensity. I, I don't know how to describe it other than just listen to it. It's All right. I'll check it out. I'll yeah. check it out. All right. This yeah. is the closing question. This is, you don't know this question. I haven't talked about it yet. I did send you a few things that we might talk about, but closing yeah. question here. And then we'll wrap everything up. And we're very grateful for you jumping on the podcast, dude. So, Always. What is the best advice that your dad has given you? Now, I'm asking this question because Jason's dad is someone that I have a ton of respect for, and I've met him before. He's a great dude, and he's obviously raised an awesome, awesome man. So tell me, what is the best piece of advice at this point of your life that your dad's given you? Floor's yours. Um, that's so hard to narrow it down. Um, I mean, everything I do is based off my dad. Everything at work, I call him. Everything with life, I call him. Um, like I said before, I'm just a wind up toy. I don't really do anything. I don't make any decisions. Luckily, I got some people that put me in the right way and I just zoom off. Um, I would say the best advice he gave me is to always follow your passion and be you. Um, there's a million other things I could sit here and we could do four other podcasts on just TJ advice and I'd probably be pretty successful. But, um, from a, from a young age, he always preached, do what you love to do, do what makes Jason happy. Right. And I've had family members, friends, everyone else think they know, do, do this, do that. You should go into tech. You should go into fight all these different advices. Everyone knows the right answer. My dad never claimed to, he always said, just be you. And, uh, you know, I think I've struggled with that at times. And, and you have, I have talked about that and, um, you know, I've had a lot of different 
versions of Jason and finally starting to just be Jason. And uh, I, I should have just listened to him about 20 years ago. You know, I would have been smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, you keep being you because it is, it is working number one. And I can definitely say, man, you're just someone that uh, I, I think I've told you, I've told you many times over the phone that I know that if I needed you, you would walk wherever it was, you would bike ride there. But I know if I needed you, you'd be there hell or high water. I can count on you. And that's, that's a rare thing to really know that people have your back. I know you always have had mine. Great, great to have you on the podcast. Keep crushing it at, uh, in your career. Also in the gym, you're looking good, but for real, you looked really, I was very uh, impressed and proud of, uh, not surprised, like as we always tell each other, not surprised, (laughs) but you looked great after 75 hard. So I'm excited to see you as you're and I put a little bit, you know, more mass on and, and whatnot, but keep that great slender frame of yours because you look good, kid, in that suit too. You guys should see this yeah, suit. Can't wait it. to get a clip of this man. This man looks too good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, th- thanks for having me. Honor as always. Always been a mentor and, and most importantly a friend. So um, I'll be on here as many times as you need me. I'll bore everyone as many times they want. <laughs> they will want you back. <laughs> it was an honor to sit with you, Jason. It's an honor to be a friend of yours. Have a good night, and we'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good, brother. Talk soon. <laughs>